So believe it or not, I used to be in a singing group. That's right, I was in a Southern Gospel Quartet. And we were extremely famous through the eight churches in Southern California that had actually heard of us. And unfortunately, there are no recordings out there that I could find of my soothing baritone voice. But you know what I did figure out was that singing was not my calling. But we have all heard people that sing that haven't figured that out yet. All you have to do is turn on American Idol or The Voice or America's Got Talent and you can hear people that haven't figured that out. And today I wanted to show you one of those people. So in honor of my Southern Gospel roots, I want us to watch this together and hear of this gentleman that hasn't figured out this isn't his calling yet. Look in my city Where I'll never die Where the saint in millions Never say goodbye There we'll meet our Savior And our loved ones too Come our Holy Spirit For our homes renew Looking for a city Where we'll never die Where the saint in millions Never say goodbye There we'll meet our Savior And our loved ones too So we cut some of that out, but actually there was five key changes in that song. And I feel bad for that guy because he hasn't figured out what his calling in life is. And you know, we don't have to look too far to see that in our everyday life. People missing their calling, people that just are searching for something that's going to make them feel um, excited, something that's going to make them feel fulfilled, something that's going to bring them happiness. And they struggle with that. And, and because they don't have that, they wonder why people won't get on board with what they're doing. And maybe you sit here today and you wonder, what is my calling? What am I called to do? We look at people around us, maybe our peers that are excited and they're bold and they're courageous in their life and what they're living out. And we're like, man, I wish I could be like that. And sometimes we feel like maybe we can find that in a job or a career. But I want to tell you today that a calling goes beyond our career. We can be happy in our job. We can be happy in our career and still not understand what our calling is. And some of us, we struggle. We feel like that's where we're going to find our happiness. That's where we're going to find our boldness. And in, instead, we're in a miserable job. We're in a, in a situation that just where we go to work every day and it just makes us miserable. In fact, we could be perfectly happy in our career but totally miss our calling. So what is our calling? Calling can be defined in many different ways. And the way that we're going to define it today is us being obedient to what God calls us to do. See, and that's different than our purpose because our purpose, we know if we're a Christ follower, is to glorify Christ in all that we say and do. But our calling is how we accomplish that. And when we're living in that calling, we're, we're obedient to God. And so when God speaks, we listen. When the Spirit moves, we follow. And once we find that calling, then how do we become bold in it? 
See, and if we're here today, and maybe you're checking this whole Jesus thing out, maybe you're new to church, or maybe you just don't know if this is for you, I want you to understand that when we follow what God has for us, when we're obedient to his calling in life, it makes everything better. We begin to ha find happiness and joy in things that we didn't before, and we find boldness in things that maybe we were timid before. And it's not that we're richer, it's not that our health is better, it's not that we're necessarily more successful, but we understand what our purpose, what our calling in life really is out, and it gives us that boldness. And I believe, and we believe at Mile City, that we can find those answers in Scripture. And so today we want to just take a minute to see exactly what our calling is and how do we be bold, how can we be bold in it. But before we do that, let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your mercy and your compassion. God, we are grateful that you care about us, so much so that you give us a calling in life. And I ask that as we look at this, this story in Scripture today, that you would speak through it to our hearts. I ask that your Holy Spirit would use it to apply to our lives and that we will leave this place knowing what our calling in life is. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we started talking as a teaching team about the next series and we started talking about how we wanted to entitle it Bold and we wanted to preach and talk about bold characters in Scripture, I was excited because immediately my mind went to a character in the Old Testament. And this guy, he was a wild man. He was somebody that lived an exciting life. He was somebody that understood what his calling was. And it's a guy by the name of Jehu. Now you say, who? I, exactly right. Jehu. You know, I say Jay, you say who. We could go on with that. Or maybe when you leave today after watching, you can go tell your friends, hey, guess what I learned online today? I learned about a guy named Jehu. And then they'll ask Jehu, and you can go back and forth. Yes, Jehu. No, who? Jehu? And then you can go back and forth until either you both laugh about it or you get punched in the mouth. But either way, it'll be extremely entertaining. But anyway, back to this guy by the name of Jehu. Just to give you a little bit of background on him, Jehu was bold in his calling. In fact, it, he was living a life that was one crazy ride. One of the things that Scripture points out about was the way that he drove his chariot. Look what 2 Kings 9 and verse 20 says. It says this, The driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshai, for he drives furiously. Now how many drive furiously? I know I do. I live to drive furiously. In fact, the other day we were going out to eat. We we're getting some lunch together and kind, meek, sweethearted Maki sitting in the back seat. And I hear him whisper to Ryan next to him and he says, you better buckle up because Barry is driving. And you know what? I heard that and I took it as a challenge. So I drove as furiously as I possibly could. But you know what, that's not the only thing about Jehu that we see. And that, that's a cool part of the story, but that's not the whole story. In fact, Jehu was very bold in his calling. He understood what it was. Look what 2 Kings 10 verses 15 and 16 tell us. It says, and when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him and he said to him, is your heart true to my heart as mine is to yours? And it goes on and says this, and Jehonadab answered, it is. 
So Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand and Jehu took him up with him into the chariot. And he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. See, he was zealous. He was bold for his calling for the Lord. He understood what his calling was in life and he lived it out accordingly. But I don't want to just stop there and give you those two highlights of his life. In fact, I want to spend some time and really dive into the life of Jehu and see how his calling and how he lived it out boldly. So some quick background on this guy. Jehu lived at a time when Israel was split into two kingdoms. In fact, I have this graphic up here. Israel started out as one nation and they had three kings. They had Saul, they had David, and they had Solomon. And after those kings, the the nation of Israel split into two different countries, Judah and Israel. Judah was in the south. It was two of the tribes, two of the provinces, while Israel was the northern kingdom and kept 10 of the tribes or 10 of the provinces with it. So Judah, they had some good kings. They had some kings that pleased God. They had some kings that followed after God. But Israel basically had no good kings. They had guys that were wicked, but the most wicked of them was the seventh in line after they split And his name was Ahab. And Ahab was as wicked as they come. In fact, Ahab followed his own desires. He followed after false gods. And he turned his back on God time and time again, even though he was given chances not to. Ahab had a wife by the name of Jezebel. You might have heard of her. It's the name that no one names their daughter anymore. In fact, the only time I've heard Jezebel used is to name certain cats. And I'll be honest, they fit properly because that's how I feel about cats. So Ahab and Jezebel, they have two sons. Ahaziah, he becomes king. But then when Ahaziah passes on, his brother Joram becomes king. And that's where we're at in the story. See, Jehu was a captain of the army of Israel under King Joram. And Jehu is following, he's the commander, he's following his path in life, he's following this career that he has. And along comes this servant sent by this old prophet by the name of Elisha. And this servant had an anointing for Jehu, and he also had a special message. Look what 2 Kings 9, verses 6 and 7 tells us. It says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. So we know this isn't just some guy coming without any authority. He says, listen, this is what God has to say to you. He says, I anoint you king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. And you shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master. He goes on to say this, so that I may avenge on Jezebel the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. Here's Jehu. He's going along in life. And he says, listen, I've arrived. I've I've got where I want to be. I've got the job that I want. I'm in the career, man. I'm a commander in the army of Israel. And yet God had a different calling on his life. And what Jehu found out in this moment was his choice of a career didn't match God's choice of calling. See, God had something different for him. God had something, even though you had worked this hard to be the commander in the the army of Israel, even though this wasn't a fluke, this wasn't something that just came to you by luck. No, you had worked to get to this position, but I've got something better for you. I've got a calling on your life, and I want you to be bold in it. 
See, the world around us today, it challenges us to be bold for so many different things. There's so many things that the world wants us to follow after and to be bold and courageous in. But too many times we miss out on that because we're looking for the world to bring us satisfaction. We're looking for what that offers to bring us fulfillment. And we try to be bold in the wrong things. And all around us, people are searching. They're timid and they're lost and they're confused because they don't understand what their calling truly is. And God has called us to be bold, but he wants us to be bold in his calling. So we go on in Jehu's story, and this is where it gets a little bit intense. Once Jehu is anointed king, he takes off and he's headed to where Joram is hanging out. Joram was injured in, some battle, in a battle, and so he's hanging out in the city. And not only is he there by himself, but he's also invited the king of Judah, that southern kingdom, to come to him. And it happens to be his cousin, and he happens to have the same name as his brother, Ahaziah. So here's Joram and Ahaziah hanging out together. And they see Jehu coming. And that's the part of the story where it says he's driving his chariot furiously. And Joram knows something's up. And so he sends out a spy. And the spy says, hey, what's going on? And, and Jehu says, hey, you're with me now. You're not going back. And he sends another spy. Same thing. You're hanging with me. I'm not sending you back. You're not going to give a, the king any hint of what's going on. So finally, Joram can't take it. He says, listen, I'm king. I'm going to go find out what's going on. And he says to his cousin, hey, come along with me. And so they both go and he, they get up to Jehu and they say, hey, what is going on? And Jehu says, listen, today is the day that you pay for your sins. See, God's given you enough chances. God's continually asked you to turn and follow him and you've refused. And so today you pay for your sins. And so Joram knows what's going on and he tries to take off. And Jehu takes his arrow out. He takes his bull and it says he strikes him through the heart. Ahaziah figures out what's going on and so he tries to take off. And because he's part of the family of Ahab, Jehu strikes him down as well. Now this sounds pretty tense because Jehu's calling was to take out the family of Ahab. So now he's taken out his son. He's taken out one of the cousins. But there's still this person that needs taken out by the name of Jezebel. Joram's mom is still alive and she's back at the kingdom and word gets to her what's happened. So what does she do? She goes in there and she makes herself up. She puts her makeup on, scripture tells us, and she's hanging out at the, at the gates, at the castle. She's looking down and she sees Jehu coming and she sticks her head out the window. And I think this is, she has this attitude like, you can't touch me. You might have done that to my, husband, my son. You might have done that to the king, but you're not going to do it to me. But look what Jehu says as he comes into the city. 2 Kings 9, verse 31 through 33 says, And as Jehu entered the gate, she said, this is Jezebel, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? And he lifted up his face to the window and he said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked out at him and he said, Throw her down. So he goes on. So they threw her down. And some of her blood spattered on the wall and the horses, and they trampled on her. Now this is pretty intense. And you, at this point you'd think, this is enough, but it wasn't. Jehu goes on. And he wasn't finished being bold in his calling. 
So his calling was to wipe out all the family of Ahab. And a big portion or most of Ahab's family lives in Samaria. And so he sends letters to the leader of, leaders of Samaria. And he says, listen, it's time for their reckoning. And he says, I better hear that they've been taken care of. And so here's what they responded with. 2 Kings 10 says this. As soon as the letter came to them, they took the king's sons. Now it says sons here. It's referring to his family. His family is there. It says, and they slaughtered them. 70 persons. Now I don't know about you, but this is starting to get a little gory. And put their heads in baskets and sent them to him at Jezreel. And when the messenger came and told him, they have brought the heads of the king's sons. He said, lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. Then in the morning, when he went out, he stood and said to all the people, you are innocent. It was I who conspired against my master and killed him. But who struck down all these? Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he said by his servant Elijah. So here we have two very gory stories. First, Jezebel is killed and trampled by the horses. And then he takes the lives of the rest of Ahab's family, 70 of them, with their heads piled at the gate. And when I think of this story and when we look at it, we can see there's two different responses that come from this. Jehu's boldness empowered the eunuchs with the queen to throw her out of the window. That was all they needed was somebody to come and say, hey, who is with me? Throw her down. But then in the second story, you see some people that are confused. They're questioning. They're worried about why would this happen? And what we need to understand in our life is boldness in our calling sometimes will encourage some, but will confuse others. The eunuchs, they were encouraged. They were excited. He got in their ear and that was all they needed to take that step. And some people in our life, man, our boldness, we can inspire them with our boldness. I think about it in my own personal life. My dad has been a preacher all of his life. And I appreciate the boldness that he's lived out his calling in. And he's always encouraged me to be bold in living out my calling. Even when I made a mess of my life, my dad was in my ear and he was encouraging me to be bold in my love for Jesus, to be bold in my love for my wife, to be bold in my love for my kids. And because of his boldness, it inspired me to be bold in my calling. But not everybody reacts that way. Sometimes people will question, why are we doing this? Why are you being so bold? Why are you following this calling in your life? In fact, we might get some pushback. We might get some questions. We might get some people that just turn their backs on us. But here's what we need to understand. If God has called us to do something, we need to be obedient, even if those around us don't understand it. Because when we are obedient and following God's call for our life, that's what brings peace and happiness. So Jehu didn't just stop with Ahab's family. He said, not only am I going to destroy your family, but I'm also going to destroy these false worshipers of Baal. Baal was this false god that had infiltrated into Israel. And he said, you know what? It's time for this to go away. So here's what he did. He throws a big convention 
for all the Baal worshipers. Now, I think what Scripture is referring to here is it's, he's calling all the prophets of Baal, all the people, all the people that are leading the worship. And he says, listen, Ahab worshiped Baal a little bit. He says, I'm going to worship Baal a lot. So he has this convention, and he brings them to the temple of Baal, and he says, hey, we're going to meet in here. And then he gets in there with them, and he says, listen, I want to make sure that there's no worshipers of God in here. If there's any worshipers of God, you need to leave now. We only want true worshipers of Baal here. But what he didn't tell them was he had stationed 80 guys around the outside. And he told them, he said, listen, if one of these prophets of Baal escapes with his life, then I'm going to take your life. And so look what happens in 2 Kings chapter 10 and verse number 27. It says, they demolished the pillar of Baal and demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. How crazy is that? Now for you that are younger and you don't know what a latrine is, I've got a picture of what a latrine would look like. Basically, they turned the house of Baal into a porta pot. Now that's intense. And man, can you imagine the reaction of the people of Israel at this point? Here they are. They've lost their king. They've lost the king's mother. They've lost the king's family. And now they've lost the ones that lead them in worship of this false idol. What do you think Jehu's popularity rating was at this point? Do you think he was trending up or trending down? There's no doubt that, you know what, the popularity that he had with the people of Israel was not real high at this point. In fact, they'd lost everything they were familiar with. He'd taken it all away. But what we need to realize from this story is being bold sometimes makes us unpopular. Being bold in our calling sometimes will make us unpopular. We can't be concerned with what other people think about us. The one that we're trying to please, the one that we're trying to serve is God himself, and we want him to be pleased with our life. And we're not worried about what other people think. Because when we're obedient to God, when we follow after God, that falls into place. But we can't be worried about what others think. We have to be worried about what God thinks in our life. Now there's just one last part of Jehu's life that I want to share with you. And that's this. Jehu gets down to the end of his life and he's done all that it seems like God called him to do. But there was part of God's calling that he didn't finish out. See, he took care of Ahab, he took care of his family, he took care of Jezebel, he took care of the prophets of Baal, but he didn't take down the false idols that the Israelites had built. They built these calves because it was a monument to what had happened at the Passover, but they were worshiping the calves instead of worshiping God. And he left them up. And because of that, he paid the price. See, the nation of Israel became weaker and weaker. And during his reign, different countries began to pick off parts of Israel. And it continued this path that Israel is on to eventually they were conquered by other nations. And what we can see from Jehu's life is a great start doesn't always mean a good finish. Jehu started well, but he didn't finish strong. And I can't help but think about examples from my life where I've seen people start strong, but they don't finish well. 
And some of us might be listening today and some of us might be thinking, you know what? I used to be really into following after God's call in my life. But you know what? That's just not me anymore. And sometimes I see the older generation, they said, I used to do that. I used to be involved. I used to follow God's call, but I've done my part. But I can't see in Scripture where any place it tells us that we can be finished with God's calling in our life. I can't find it. And in my life, I want to be faithful to follow God till my time is up. God's call on my life doesn't go away just because I hit a certain age. God's call in your life doesn't stop just because you're tired or you're worn out or you feel like you've done enough. God wants us to finish well. Now, for some of us, this story of Jehu can be a little bit unnerving. Others of us, we might listen, like I, I listen to it and say, man, what an incredible story. This is so exciting. But some, we might struggle with how much murder and mayhem that Jehu caused. I mean, it was crazy what he did and how he went about it. And he didn't seem very apologetic for it. But there's a couple things that, I want, that we want to see. First of all is this was to a family that had continually turned their backs on God. God had given Ahab and his family time and time again, he'd given them opportunity to turn and follow him. The second thing is this is before Jesus came. And before we go, you know what, I'm going to live a life like Jehu. I'm just going to go out there and man, I don't care what people think and I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And man, if people don't like it, they can lump it. Well, Jesus had a little different attitude when he came. And when Jesus came, some things changed. And the way that we follow and the way that we're obedient to God's calling in our life and how to be bold in it changed. In fact, look what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. He said this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. This is a fact that sometimes we just skim right over, but Paul is in prison while he's writing this letter to the Ephesians. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Now, come on, Paul. That doesn't sound like being bold in my calling. Man, all these words, humility and gentleness and patience and love and unity and peace, come on, that doesn't sound like being bold. But Paul understood what God's call on his life was. And Paul understood what God's call in our life is. Our call is to be bold, but this boldness looks completely different than what the world's boldness looks like. This boldness is showing humility and gentleness and peace and love and striving to be in unity with the brothers. This is living a life that's obedient to God and his calling in our life. And this is what that calling looks like. Listen, I'm going to show others what Christ looks like. In fact, boldness in our calling comes from looking more like Jesus and less like us. That's what really our calling is to be. It's to look more like Jesus and less like us. And maybe you sit here today and you start thinking about, well, how, do, how can I look more like Jesus? How can I be bold in my calling to where I look less like me and more like Jesus? Well, I think, you know, we, we need to learn to be bold in our faith. 
Maybe it's time for some of us to speak boldly the truth to others, but with a heart of love. And you may sit here today and you might have family that needs to hear the truth and the love of Jesus. And you know you need to share that story. Be bold. Be bold in sharing your faith. But not only that, maybe we should be bold in our finances. Maybe it's time to quit holding on to things and the material things that we have in this life so tight. Maybe it's time to be bold in our generosity and be able to let go of those things and be generous to others and show people our boldness through our finances. But not only that, maybe, maybe some of us need to be bold in forgiveness. Students, maybe it's time to forgive your parents for the things that they said to you in anger. Husbands, maybe it's time to forgive your wife. Maybe it's time we forgive the people of our past and quit holding grudges and we're bold in our forgiveness. Man, it can be so difficult to do that because we feel like we're, we, we can be right, but yet we still have to forgive. Maybe some of us need to be bold in our future. Maybe you sit here today and God's called you to a future with him. And maybe you've been searching, maybe you've been wondering, what does a life with Jesus look like? And you look at Jehu's life and you say, man, I might not like all of his story. And some of the things he did are pretty outrageous and crazy. But man, he was bold in his calling. God called him to do some things that he was willing to do. And I want to tell you today, God sits here today and he looks down and he's calling you because he loves you. See, God was bold in his love for us. He was so bold that he sent his only son to pay the price for our sin. And that sin is what separates us from God. And God was bold in his love for us. And maybe today, the first bold step you take is to begin that relationship with him. Maybe today, is the day that you give up following your own wishes, your own dreams, and you say, you know what? I want to follow what God has for me. And if you've never done that in your life, if you've never made that decision to give over everything to Him, today can be the day that you do that. And if that's your desire, I'm just going to ask you, all of us, just to bow our heads, and just over the next few minutes, we're going to Ask and we're going to pray to God. And this prayer is not what saves us. This is just us talking to God. But if this is something that you want to do, I'm going to ask you to say this. I ask you to say something like this. You say this. God, I confess my sins. And I believe that Jesus, you are God. And today, I want to thank you for dying in my place and for paying for my sin. I want to thank you for rising from the dead just for me. I want to lower my pride. I want to give my life to you. And right now, Jesus, I want to receive you as Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to congratulate you because that's the best decision you could ever make. And today, you were bold in taking that step towards God. And God loves you, and God wants to have a relationship with you. And if you made that decision, we would love to come alongside you. At Mile City, we say moving together is better, and we want to help you move towards God. 
So if you would just do me a favor and just take a minute and text the word Mile City to 94,000. And what's going to happen is a staff member will follow up with you this week. And man, they just want to encourage you. They just want to pray for you. They want to answer any questions that you might have. But for the rest of us, my question to you is, are we being bold in our calling? Maybe it's time to be bold with our faith. Maybe it's time to be bold with our forgiveness. Maybe it's time to be bold with our finances. Where do you need to lean in? Where do you need to really take that step of being bold in your calling?